Welcome to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. I'm your host, Larry Linton, and on this podcast, we'll be talking about, yep, you guessed it, liberty, leadership, and lies. More importantly, how the liberty, leadership, and the lies apply to our government at the federal and state levels. So stand by as we kick off this episode. Episode one, the inaugural episode. Again, my name is Larry Linton, and this is the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. In this, the first episode of the podcast, I would like for it to serve a couple of purposes. The first being an introduction of myself to the audience, as well as some of my background. And the second being the why. The reasons why I started this podcast. Currently, this podcast does not have any sponsors or receive any financial support other than my own. However, in future podcasts, I will share information about the local small businesses that are owned and operated by a great group of friends. They are wonderful people, and I would like to encourage the audience to support them with their patronage if they're in the area during visits or vacations. I'd also like to share information about my own small business. It's Linton Leadership and Management Consulting. I'll do this in every episode just to plug my own business. Because, you know, after all, I have to put food on the table. Before I introduce myself to the audience, I want to give us some acknowledgments. Not only for the start of this journey in my podcasting, but for the roles they have played and continue to play in my life. First, I need to give thanks to God and acknowledge that it is through faith in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that I can do all things. I am a child of God. If hearing somebody talk about their faith hearing them share their witness. If it offends you or makes you uncomfortable, then this podcast will probably not be for you. I came to the decision to embark upon this journey after much prayer, consideration, and consulting with my family, friends, and fellow patriots. Now I need to acknowledge my bride, Denise. She is truly the greatest blessing in my life. Not only is she my wife, She is also my best friend, as well as my northern star. Her steady hand has kept me firmly on course through rough and calm seas since the day we swore our vows to each other in front of our God and our families in Cocoa Beach, Florida, more than two and a half decades ago. In fact, to celebrate 25 years of marriage, we recently renewed our vows at our wonderful church here in Sevierville. And we did this in the middle of a so-called global pandemic not letting fear overcome our faith, not letting it overcome the celebration of our love for each other. We decide, Denise and I, each day to not allow living in fear drive us into a fear of living. Next, I'd like to acknowledge my beautiful, intelligent, and extremely talented daughter, Kaylee. She is the brains behind this new adventure in my life. She is the person that has and continues to, guide and advise me in all facets of starting a podcast. From hardware and software to social media and marketing and everything in between. Please, don't try to hire away from me just yet. At least not until she has fully trained me in this stuff. I guess that college degree of hers will benefit me as well. Of course, I would not be the father and husband I am today without the influence of my dad, Phil. 
Even though he went home to be with our Lord in 2015, he still has an impact on me every day. Our story is much like that of the Brad Paisley song, He Didn't Have to Be. If you're not familiar with it, I'd encourage you to listen to the song because it tells a great story. It still brings a tear to my eyes every time I listen to it, as well as John Denver's Take Me Home, Country Roads, because my dad was a born and raised West Virginian. You see, Pop, Phil, is my stepdad, but he raised my brothers and I when we were incredibly young, as if we were his own children. So I'd also like to give a shout out to all those step-parents out there that are doing it right. Stepping up to raise their children in a loving and stable environment and providing great adult role models for their kids. God put the right man in my life to be the proper role model to teach me what it is to be a good dad and a husband. Oh, and before we go any further, I want to let you know that you will not catch me using the terms for gender identities or family roles that are being passed around in society, as well as in the halls of our government today. These terms, I feel, are mainly used to assuage the hate and anger of certain groups, or to push an agenda, or to try to shame others into thinking the same way as they do. That sounds very tolerant, doesn't it? I am not now, nor have I ever been, considered to be, or described as being, politically correct or woke. Trying to be either one of those is like trying to figure out which is the clean end of a dog turd to pick it up. Disgusting no matter how you approach it. So I wanted to get that out of the way early. I will not try to make anybody more comfortable using made up words or terms to avoid offending them. The time for being comfortable or unoffended is over if our country is to be saved. I also will not be defined by any entity on this planet. I refuse to be defined by agents of hate and discontent. I am already defined by my Creator. So some uncomfortable truths need to be told, and more importantly, understood. Continuing with some acknowledgments now, I have to say something about my mom, Kathy. She is one of the strongest women I know. She's in her mid-70s now and still working full-time. Living alone on the top of her mountain in western North Carolina, she can run circles around people half her age in the workforce. I keep telling her that she needs to retire that she's only working to make friends and maintain socialization with people and paying taxes to do it. We will most assuredly talk more about taxes in future episodes, believe me. I think she passed along her Irish temperament and tenacity to me as well as her work ethic, all of which I am grateful for. I hope I will accomplish as much as she has by the time I reach her age. I'd also like to acknowledge both of my brothers, Bill and Rob, Siblings are your first best friends, even though there are times we certainly did not act like it growing up. Even after becoming adults, I can tell you there were some tremendous fights. But now, as we are all in our 50s, I think we have mellowed with age and grown into appreciation and gratefulness of each other, as God intended for brothers to be. But when I remember or think about some of the things we did to, and for, each other, I'm often amazed we made it into adulthood. The things we did would make our parents go pale with shock and their hair stand on end if they only knew. We started out as young boys in a small town in Texas called San Angelo and then moved to another small town in central New York called Cicero 
when we were teenagers, or as a preteen in Rob's case. We grew into adulthood there and each went our separate ways. The younger brother remains in central New York with his family. I'm sure he must love all that snow. Right, Rob? The oldest brother, Bill, he lives with his family in North Carolina. Then there's me. I settled here in East Tennessee with my bride. I am also extremely blessed that my daughter decided to move here from Phoenix, Arizona to set up roots as well. How awesome is it that your adult child's house is only a few minutes walk away? Now, there are the many friends and shipmates I met during my time in the Navy. There are too many to name them all, so I will not even try. There are some, though, that I would like to mention specifically that have really had an impact on me, both personally and professionally. Paul Kingsbury, who runs his own podcast and has helped me with this. Chuck Clark, Carlos Garone, Joe Birds, Monty Pyburn, Mike Welter, Samira McBride, and that's just to name a few. To me, these people are more than just shipmates or former shipmates. I consider them friends. As God's word in Proverbs 27, 17 tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. These friends sharpened me during my time in the Navy. They continue to sharpen me even today. They continue to sharpen me to not only be a better leader and continuing student of leadership, but to be a better human being. Also, I'd like to acknowledge my church home, Pathways Church of Sevierville, Tennessee, especially the lead pastor there, Brent Freeman. Pastor Brent, along with the entire staff there, pastors Pat, Mike, Matt, Keith, Tim, Tommy, as well as Scott, Becky, and many others, sharpened me as a Christian and helped me to put on the full armor of God every day. Pathways became my family's church home shortly after moving here. And I have never felt more at home with a church family than I do right now. Especially during this, air quotes, pandemic, Pathways continues to serve as a lifeboat of faith and worship for an increasingly dark, lost, and lonely world. They serve as a lifeboat not only for our local community, but many people of faith all over the country through advancements in technology such as virtual meetings and virtual sermons. Finally, I'd like to give a shout out to my church life group for our close fellowship developed over the course of our meetings. But not only for their fellowship, but also for being a sounding board for my ideas for a little more than a year now. And to one member in particular, Miss Vicky. Where would our life group be without Miss Vicky? She, outside of members of my immediate family, has been my biggest cheerleader, offering me constant encouragement to run for political office from the get-go. It always amazes me how God puts each of us in the right place at the right time. I find it really amazing how God puts the right people in the right place at the exact right time in the different seasons of our life. His timing is perfect. Later, when Kaylee has the website up and running to meet her high standards, I will share pictures from one of our life group meetings that served as her campaign kickoff event with posters sunglasses, the whole kit and caboodle. And we're going to discuss more of that later on as one of the reasons for starting this podcast. Of course, there are many more people that I could acknowledge for their contributions in my life, but naming them all would probably take up numerous entire episodes of this podcast. And it wouldn't be called 
Liberty Leadership and Lies would be acknowledgement for helping Larry get to where he is. So now I'm going to give you a little bit of my background. As I mentioned in the acknowledgments, I spent most of my early childhood in San Angelo, Texas, and then moved to Cicero, New York with my family when I was a teenager. After a few years in Cicero, where I quickly learned that winter is not the same everywhere in the United States, especially in the snow belt of New York where they measure snow in feet, I decided to join the Navy to get out of town and away from all that snow. It was in early 1987 that I first enlisted in the Navy through their delayed entry program at the age of 17. I was a high school dropout at the time. I did not have many options. My only aspiration was to get away from the snow. For those of you in the audience old enough to remember, 1987 was the tail end of President Ronald Reagan's second term in office. It was the height of the Cold War and his buildup to a 600-ship Navy. 600 ships are a lot of ships. That meant the Navy needed a lot of sailors to take them to sea and maintain them. So the recruiters didn't have to be too picky in who they recruited. In fact, I think at that time, if you could fog a mirror, were not in jail, and had just a few working teeth in your head, you could join nearly every branch of the armed forces. The Air Force is always the exception to the rule, though. After all, you need to have a low golf handicap to attend their basic training. Just kidding. That's just some of the inter-service rivalry that always occurs when members of the armed forces talk about each other. But when push comes to shove and there is a common enemy, we unite to defend our country. So off I went. I boarded that plane for Great Lakes, Illinois, and reported for basic training less than two weeks after I turned 18. I initially joined with the intention of serving four years, getting my GI Bill, getting out, and going to college. Well, plans changed. What is that old saying? If you want to hear God laugh, you tell him your plans. And those plans kept changing, too. It went from four years to six years to ten years to 20 years and retire, to 26 years. Until I, with some extremely strong encouragement from Denise, because at this time she was tired with my numerous deployments and constant travel, we finally decided that 30 years was exactly long enough. During those 30 years, I was fortunate enough to see duty on three ballistic missile submarines, three fast attack submarines, three auxiliary ships, a guided missile cruiser, and various shore stations before finally retiring in 2017. During that time, I learned from a lot of leaders, both good and bad. I took the lessons from the good ones and tried to emulate them and learned how not to lead from the bad leaders. I went from being the most junior sailor on a submarine with a crew of 120 sailors to leading small groups of sailors as their division leading petty officer and leading chief petty officer to leading an entire department of sailors from multiple divisions on a submarine, to being the senior enlisted leader and principal advisor to a commanding officer of a guided missile cruiser with 400 sailors, and finally, to leading a team of senior enlisted sailors and providing leadership training to thousands of sailors around the globe and being a mentor to hundreds of command senior enlisted leaders across the Navy. From humble beginnings to the humbling experience of being selected to lead hundreds of sailors at a single command, to finishing out a career being a mentor to hundreds of command master chiefs around the Navy. 
My entire career was an exciting ride and a never-ending learning experience. After I was piped ashore for the final time, I moved to the great state of Tennessee in July 2017 and settled into what ended up being the semi-retired life. I say semi-retired because I did not stay fully retired after trying it out for a few months. I got bored with being retired full-time and returned to the workforce in March of 2018. It was then that I started up my own company where I provide leadership and human performance consulting and coaching to companies, both large and small, on methods to improve the leadership culture in their organizations. Here's my plug. If you are interested in exploring ways to improve your company's team performance or culture, you can reach me by sending an email to larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. A significant discount will be offered to any Sevier County, Tennessee businesses. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. That's all one word, no spaces or punctuation in Liberty Leadership and Lies. It is surely a blessing that I get to continue using my God-given talents and the leadership skills I learned and developed over my 30-year career in the Navy to help organizations and their people become better leaders. So here we are now, 30 years in the Navy and three years in the private sector. Now, on to the reasons for starting this podcast and giving it the title of Liberty, Leadership, and Lies. You may ask yourself, what do those topics have to do with each other? We'll get to that as I describe my reasoning behind starting this podcast. I have seen what our country has been going through the past three and a half years, and it both saddens and appalls me. I do have to say that it didn't just start with my retirement, but my eyes have been really opened since 2017. I believe that it has become much more noticeable now because, in my opinion, active duty service members are somewhat insulated from the hate and vitriol that has permeated nearly every aspect of our society today. After all, and again, this is my opinion only, and it's based upon my personal experience over the course of 30 years, The problems we see in print media headlines and screeched about by talking heads on cable television news and pundits all over the internet, they just don't seem to be quite as important as possibly being sent to some combat zone on the other side of the planet to possibly return home in a coffin under the flag of our nation or to deploying for months on end away from their families and loved ones. Our families who are left on the piers and tarmacs all over these great United States of America, are left to handle all alone whatever emergency comes up while we are fulfilling our oath and obligation to the Constitution. So it really saddens me that we have groups of people or certain segments of our country that appear to be angry all the time and about all the wrong things. And this is why I believe that many veterans do not want to seek elected office after their time in uniform is over. While on active duty, our enemy is clearly defined. There are rules, regulations, and procedures we follow. We don't see the world from the lens of political correctness, nor do we see our fellow service members as any ethnic group or race or color of their skin. We see each other as brothers and sisters in arms, upholding our solemn oath to the Constitution of the United States of America. When we no longer wear the cloth of our nation and our eyes are truly open to the nastiness of politics, we, 
more often than not, decide that we do not want any part of that. We figure that we already did our time getting sweaty, dirty, and bloody for our country. Because in the political arena, there are no clearly defined enemies. In the political arena, there are no clearly defined rules of engagement, other than there are no rules. The enemy today is whatever or whoever our politicians and media tell us the enemy is. I believe our country loses access to a lot of talented and dedicated patriots because of the dirtiness, dishonesty, and dishonor of politics. I'm here to say, though, that absolutely must end. If you're a veteran and are listening to this podcast, please let me know if you think I'm missing the mark here. If I am, or if I'm not missing the mark, let me know by sending me an email. Again, I can be reached at Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com That is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com All word, no spaces or punctuation in Liberty, Leadership, and Lies. If you're a veteran, what are the reasons you decided to not get involved in politics? Or even if you're not a veteran, what are the reasons you decide not to get involved? Also, for the veterans in the audience, What barriers do you see that prevent you from becoming involved in politics? If it is financial, maybe these words from a newly found patriot friend of mine could encourage you. When a politician from any political party tells you that politics is a rich person's game, you can reply to them, I am not rich and I do not play games. That certainly applies to me. How about you? I'm also here to say patriots, veterans, our oaths do not expire. Please don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that you must be a veteran to be a patriot. A patriot is anybody that loves this country, loves our Constitution, and wants to see the United States of America restored to our founding principles. Political gamesmanship at the expense of our liberty must be ended. While I believe there are plenty of reasons for people in this country to be angry, it is my opinion that many different segments of our population are angry or upset with the completely wrong things. And for the most part, it's because they are being told to be angry about certain things in order to distract them from the real problems that our country has. People are being stirred to anger, being stirred to hate this country, being stirred to hate their neighbors being stirred to hate their fellow Americans, being stirred to hate them because somebody has told them to hate people with a different color of skin or hate themselves because of the color of their own skin, hate people because of their faith, hate people because somehow they're responsible for some of the dark periods in our country's past. How much sense does that make? And I believe that this is happening for a purpose too. It also appalls me that we have people, completely misguided in my opinion, that are bent on tearing down the history, institutions, human societal norms, and culture of this, the greatest country on earth. There are people out there that do not believe in the inherent goodness of our great republic. Our children and young adults are no longer being taught our true history about how exceptional and unique our beloved country is. I believe this, too, is happening for a purpose. It reminds me of those elementary school playground fights 
where the two kids that are about to fight are only, in the end, stirred to action by the circle of people around them. The crowds surrounding them are not interested in what they are fighting about, just that they are fighting. The fight is their entertainment. They egg the fighters on. It's all bread and circuses. So the meat of the reasoning behind starting this podcast is this. One, our freedoms, our liberties, as American citizens are disappearing. Two, our elected representatives no longer serve their constituents as true servant leaders are called to do. And three, this is being enabled by the lies our government is forcing on us, in most cases, selling us in some cases. When I say selling, it means people are willingly buying those ideas. They are willingly buying those lies because their lives are empty. They are devoid of joy. They cannot seem to find the gratitude or appreciation for living in the most diverse, free, and prosperous country on the planet. There are many reasons I believe they are empty of joy, gratitude, and appreciation. We can and will discuss in depth why I believe that in future episodes. But here's a hint, though. When a person does not have a personal relationship with their creator, their lives end up having no meaning beyond what they hear on the television and see on the internet. So these joyless and hopeless people lash out. They lash out at everybody. Friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, fellow citizens, and even complete strangers. They especially lash out at those people who have found purpose, joy, appreciation, and gratitude in their lives. They have latched on to either social media, cable news, government officials, or certain politicians of all political parties as their false idols. My faith provides me with what they are missing, joy and hope. So they're going to lash out at me and other people of faith. Again, we will discuss that much deeper in future episodes. So, here's what I believe we as Americans should be angry about. And that is the slow erosion of our liberties. We are the proverbial frog in the pot of water where the temperature is slowly increased to boiling. The frog keeps adjusting its own body temperature as the water temperature slowly rises until the point where it is too late and they have no energy left to leap out. Our country is almost there. Our individual liberties are slowly being taken away. Taken away by the institutions that were originally formed to protect those liberties. Look around you at the world today, at the society in which we live. The pace of this erosion has even sped up dramatically over the course of this past year. Two weeks to slow the spread has now reached one year. All done under the government's guise of protecting our health due to a global pandemic caused by a virus with a greater than 99% survival rate. This is the first time in our nation's history where healthy people were quarantined. Does that make any sense? It does, but only if you had ulterior motives, which we will cover in future episodes. When our republic was established, it was upon a solid foundation of liberty. We broke away from a monarchy where all authority was vested in one person, a king, 
The king was the sovereign. And our founding fathers fought for, established, and passed down to us a form of government based upon the citizen sovereign. The opening sentence to our form of government's founding document, the law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America, states where an authority is vested. It is in we, the people. We instituted a government of, for, and by the people. They did this to protect our unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Rights granted to us by our Creator. So, the main reason I started this podcast is because I believe that I am called to serve my country again. I am called to serve my fellow Americans again. I am called to defend liberty again. I'm called once again to defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I now realize that the oath I swore as a dumb 17-year-old kid in central New York in the late 1980s is an oath that never really expires. I love my country and the Judeo-Christian principles upon which it was founded. I want my child my future grandchildren, my future great-grandchildren, and all of my descendants to continue to have the privilege of living in the greatest country on the face of the earth. I've dedicated my entire adult life to the defense of liberty and our Constitution, and I will continue that defense. I believe that to continue my service and fealty to the Constitution, I need to be a voice to my fellow citizens to help inspire them to throw off the yoke of voter apathy that has got us to this point in our great republic's history. Also, if needed, to seek elected office in the future so that I can provide true servant leadership for the constituents that send me to represent their interests. The constituent is the only special interest elected officials should be serving. To ensure our liberties are protected, safeguarded, and especially by the institutions created to protect them. To be the example of the servant leader our founding fathers envisioned to serve our citizens as their elected representatives. To demonstrate what fealty to the Constitution of the United States of America truly is. To that end, in future episodes, we will dive into the topic of liberty from our republic's founding until today and what is needed to restore our liberty to our citizens. We will also dive into the topic of, or field of, leadership. I am a lifelong student of leadership and hope to share this passion with you. Also, together, we will, with a united voice, let our elected representatives know that we demand true servant leadership from them. Additionally, we will talk about the lies our elected representatives tell us to advance their interests, not our interests. Let's not forget the media and the role they play, that of the school playground group of kids that are egging each other's on to fight. These lies can mostly be found in legislation, but they are also sprinkled in with the news headlines as well and reported as truth. As you think about the topics I mentioned and have a suggestion for me to include in the show, please don't hesitate to send it to me. Again, I can be reached at Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. 
Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. All one word, no spaces or punctuation in Liberty Leadership and Lies. I'm also open to any constructive criticism you can offer. I am a retired command master chief. When I go to work, I usually don't bring my feelings. I brought one to work one time. It was stepped on, so I no longer bring my feelings to work. So you're not going to hurt my feelings. Additionally, I'm interested in hearing from the audience about their examples of overreach of government, the encroachment of their civil liberties, the lies our government has told them, and also about any inspirational leaders they know or know about. Please share them with me as well. My team, which is honestly just Kaylee and I at this point, will see this podcast expand to social media and a website here in the near future. Also, in future episodes, I hope to have guests on the podcast. Guests that will help inform the audience on the topics of liberty, leadership, and lies based upon their experiences and from their points of view, so you're not just getting my point of view. These guests will be from all levels of society. Business owners, pastors, and the rare current elected representative that genuinely wants to restore our great republic to its founding principles. I must tell you, I'm both nervous and excited about this new journey. As I stated earlier, my entire adult life has been about service to my country. I must apologize, though, that it took this long to realize that it did not end with me putting away my uniform. This service is a passion of mine, and I hope to share that with enough people so that together we can reclaim the citizen sovereign from the grips of our state and federal governments. So, in recapping this inaugural episode, I acknowledge the people in my life that have contributed to me being in this position. Again, if you are one of those people that helped get me to where I am today, my heartfelt gratitude goes out to you. I also provided you with a bit of my background and life experiences. We can get into more of my background in future episodes if you want. We call that swapping sea stories when I was in the Navy, and I'm happy to share those with you. Usually, being an old submariner, most of my sea stories start with, like other submariners, hey, I knew this A-ganger once. It's about 80% of them start that way. You must realize, though, that when I'm sharing these stories... The names will be changed to protect the <clears throat> innocent. Then I gave you the why. Why I'm starting this podcast. Again, it is because I feel that I'm called to serve my country. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. I hope this episode has piqued your interest or whetted your appetite for more. I truly hope that each of you find it interesting enough that you will share it with your family, friends, co-workers, and neighbors. Please, please remember that if it is the only thing you remember about this podcast, it is only through the collective action of every voting age legal citizen in our great country that we can restore our republic to be the bastion of freedom it was designed to be, to be that shining city on the hill to be the example of and beacon for freedom for the entire world. Now is the time to wake up and take back our country. People will try to twist that phrase. Call take back our country some type of dog whistle. But I'm here to tell you that phrase, take back our country, 
is not to be mistaken for anything other than take back our country and restore it to the founding principles of individual liberty, individual responsibility, and the individual citizen as the sovereign in our form of government. Take back our country by getting rid of the voter apathy that has enabled our elected representatives to no longer consider we the people as the citizen sovereign, but instead now view us as subjects. Take back our country by reminding every voting age citizen of their responsibility in maintaining our constitutional republic. A government that is of, for, and by the people. Take back our country by holding our elected representatives accountable to uphold their oaths to the Constitution of the United States of America. Take back our country by constantly reminding our elected representatives that that is what they are. Representatives, not our leaders. Before I close, I'd like to provide you with an explanation for the opening and closing music on this podcast. First, of course, I included our national anthem. It's a song that stirs up, or should stir up, the patriotic fervor in every American. Next, you hear the Battle Hymn of the Republic, a call to action. The closing music is the bugle call of Reveille, because it is time to wake up. Thank you all for listening, and I pray that you all enjoy the rest of your day. Until next time, I'm Larry Linton, and this has been Liberty, Leadership, and Lies.